How many like to watch sports? All right, we, we have some dishonest people here. You know, to not raise your hand is actually just as bad as flat out lying. <laughs> okay, for anybody that legitimately didn't write, raise your hand, you don't like it. How about when your grandchild is playing? All of a sudden, it's a completely different game, isn't it? Everything changes when you know somebody. <laughs> I've noticed this about, because um, I really don't like soccer, and I, 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 you can beat me up later, I don't care, but I don't like soccer, and I don't like baseball. Man, baseball, you have to wait around all the, the whole game for something to happen, and everybody gets excited all of a sudden because something happened. And I, I actually, we were, we were out in California, and I went to a Dodgers game with this. Our pastor was from Atlanta. And so they, Atlanta was playing the Dodgers. And so we went to the game at Dodger Stadium, and it was beautiful. We got nosebleed seats, you know, up, up high, and it was nice because you had a nice view and everything. And nothing happened <laughs> until the ninth inning. And then everything was about Nothing happening. It was a no-hitter. And everybody was excited about nothing happening. Isn't that amazing? How you can have a game like that? Anyway. However, this is what I've discovered. Like with soccer or with something else. If you have a really good announcer, they start telling you stories. You know what I mean? And if you can, if, if if you can start finding out about one of these players, what they do, it, it, it's kind of like those, um, it's kind of like those commercials on TV where they want you to give to these animal funds. You know, they put some pitiful dog on there <laughs> that looked like he's on his last leg. You know, and and. It's really hard to trust what they're doing, but they're, boy, what are they doing? They're manipulating your heart, right? They're setting your heart. They're wanting to draw you in to do something, right? They don't want you just to feel sorry for that puppy. <laughs> they want you to do something about it, right? <laughs> So what I want to look at today is, is the setting of the heart. And I want to look at it, it, just two things about this, and we'll kind of reiterate these as we go. What does it take? Because, I mean, I don't even, like soccer especially, but, but hockey too. It's like, um, I, I didn't grow up playing either one of these things. Uh, and so, like, when it comes on TV, it's like, I just, my, my initial thing is just don't watch it because I don't know anybody. I don't know the rules. And so, it's, it just doesn't make any sense. But as soon as your heart gets connected with somebody that's playing, now you start caring not just about that he's playing. You start caring about the game itself. You start finding out about the rules that this guy's 
throwing a fit about. <laughs> you know, it's like, why is he throwing a fit about that? Well, and you start to find out that there's an offsides and there's, there's other things going on and you can't foul and you can't do different things because your heart is getting set to have an experience with this game that you never would have looked at before. I know this might not <laughs> Okay. Larry would much rather go fishing or, or something else like that. And we're just all geared differently, but, but you know, okay. All right. So let's look at this. And I, I'm going to go to Psalm 95. <clears throat> so, you know, some people you think, man, that's just a hard-hearted, cold person, Right? And you might just close your eyes briefly and think of somebody real quick because you probably know somebody like that, right? They're probably German. <laughs> I'll say that because I'm German, right? I'm not cold-hearted. But, um. <laughs> but when it comes to the condition, the, the hardness of your heart, you have something to do with it. And this is really what I want to get to today because we can affect how soft our heart is because the softness of our heart will determine the actions that we take in our life. Everything's about the heart. Actually, believing God is about the heart, isn't it? You can say all you want that you believe him, but if your heart doesn't believe, you don't. The heart has the start. Man, that was poetic, wasn't it? The heart has to start. It's a real quick poem there, okay. Um, but, but remember, when, when they're coming out of Egypt, Moses goes to Pharaoh, and, and he, he starts exposing how great his God is. And what happened every single time? Pharaoh's heart softened. Why? Because he got a glimpse of who God really is. But as soon as things eased, as soon as things, the pressure came off, the plague went away, what happened? He, he hardened his heart. Now, it says in the, in the word there that, that God hardened his heart. But it was, it was a process that had been going on for this guy's whole life. He was used to that. He had pride. He had, he had other things going on that was causing him to every time things receded a little bit, his heart, his heart was hardened. Now, God needed him in that time. God demonstrated uh, through Pharaoh. But, but there's the same process because we're going to look at these scriptures. It says that we have something to do with how hard our heart is. And I'm looking at it, even what, what God's desiring to do in the world today and, and how we can participate in that. And I'm seeing this as a very critical thing for us to, to be aware of and then to be active with. I don't, I don't want to sit back and just pray that God's going to do something. <laughs> I want to say, here I am, God. Here's my heart. Here's, here's my heart as an, as an altar and find here where you can do your work. Work through me. Amen. So let's look at this. So I'll, I'll say my statement here and kind of uh, keep reiterating this. But So there's a soft heart. And what happens with a soft heart is compliant. Man, you can see this with your kids, can't you? <laughs> Man, I knew this when I was a kid. I tended to be kind of bullheaded. 
And I knew when I had a spanking coming. And, <laughs> and what was happening in that time is there was a hard heart. I, I knew what I was supposed to do, but I was going to rebel against it. With a hard heart is rebellion, disobedience. There's so much about God that has to do with his will that requires us hooking up with his will, being compliant to his will. Amen? And, and, and there's a need to understand that, that what's going on inside of here is not just me being a free individual. It's me being affected or unaffected by the greatness of God. And so I, I have something to do with this. When there's a soft heart, there's going to be a... a there's gonna, a compliant with will, and where there's a hard heart, there's going to be a resistance to will. So it's kind of simple. So this isn't requiring us to be pansies. This isn't requiring us to be, you know, weak. In fact, there's much more strength where there's an ability to be molded by God. Okay. So let's look at, at Psalm 95, 8. It says, the Lord says... Don't harden your hearts as Israel did at Meribah, as they did at Massa in the wilderness. For there your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw everything I did. So, you know, it's amazing. You can survive a major plane crash and start complaining because how hot it is where you landed. Or that you don't have a nice meal. That there's not a McDonald's around the corner. You know what I mean? Well, not McDonald's. Okay. So, salted grass or, or something else. Whatever that's called. <laughs> All right. See, and he's awake. <laughs> no, I just really didn't know what to say. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what is it? Hoof and horn or... That's what... Salt grass. Well, it's been salted if it's salt, right? Okay. And we did have a hoof and horn in our town. That's, we had a feedlot, and they had a restaurant by the feedlot, which I don't understand that. It's like the, the, oh, you kind of had to go in there with the nose plug. Anyway. <laughs> this is how we are, though, as, as human beings. We can be delivered from something and then start complaining, still have a hard heart. It's up to us what we're going to do with what God's done for us. So the children of Israel have been slaves for 400 years. God delivers them from Egypt. And because they don't have water, they start questioning about the legitimacy of God. They just saw him do these amazing things. And now they're complaining about water. And you know what was so amazing about this? God had brought, provided water before for them through Moses. Moses was so amazing. He kept his heart soft all the time until, and this is where we need to, to get a lesson from this, because sometimes our heart will get hard because of somebody else's hardness. And we'll end up slapping the rock when God said to speak to it. Amen? 
And that's what happened. He said, don't harden your heart like they did back then. We have something to do with the condition of our heart. And worship is not about smoke and, and, and lights and, and nice music. Worship is about hearts. And you don't ever have to even turn the music on. It doesn't have to go to one, let alone 70s, 11. For, for God to be worshiped, it's the heart. Amen? Okay. Oh, okay, I got another verse here. For 40 years, I was angry with them. And I said, they are people whose hearts turn away from me. What does it take to have a hard heart? Man, you can't be looking in God's face. What does Mark say? You know, if, if, you're, if you're not really happy with your life, you haven't been looking at who you are in Christ lately. So what's he saying? He said, part of the condition of your heart has to do with where you're looking. You're not even, you're, you're not even looking towards me, right? You're turning away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. Ah. This, this is our God. I know we've been delivered from some things, but God still has a will for our life. It might not look like the old law, but it's still a will. It has to do with holiness. It has to do with righteousness. It has to do with our best. Amen. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. So what I want to put a correlation here is, we, you know what? You can, you can actually get one gloriously saved, filled with the Holy Ghost and everything else, and sit in a pew the rest of your life with a hard heart that's actually not doing what God's asked you to do. Right? The highest levels of worship are doing what God says to do. Not the position you take. It's your response to what he says. Right? It's all encapsulated in this. Where you're looking and what you end up doing. And this is what God wants to take us to. He cares what we end up doing with our life. And the condition of our heart has everything to do with that. I, I was blessed to grow up in Assemblies of God. Where we would have, you know, missionaries come in with, with shrunken heads, you know, and sit on the... <laughs> And, and all this all this paraphernalia, you know, that they would put on the altar. And, and you know, then they'd have an altar call and we'd all come up and weep and sing, I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord. I'll do what you want me to do. And, and some of us did it, you know. And, and my sister actually did it. She, she, she went to Italy. And she went to Singapore. And she's in Australia now. And it was like some people actually did it. But what is it? Because we come up with our own idea of what we want for our life and, and God said I just you know what your best is not going to be what you come up with yourself your best is going to be what happens when you decide to not let your heart get hard but start responding to what God says to do and he'll say it in the small little things Pharaoh was rebellious when he was a little boy I bet you and he just kept that on but thank, thank goodness when I needed those spankings I got them and my heart was able to be molded and, and, and softened towards God. All right. Uh, 
So let's look at this next one, uh, Psalm 78. David outlines how the children of Israel could avoid their father's failures and set their hearts by considering his ways and his works. And this is what I want to look at. So how do you become impressed with somebody's story? You consider what they've done, the things they've accomplished, right? When you're watching this sports thing, the, the announcer, he's telling something that this guy's gone through, what he's worked through. There's, there's his works. But when it comes to the ways of God, it's, it's his ways, it's his will is what his ways are. <laughs> we, want, we need to be very impressed with his works. But his works will take us to his ways. Remember what happened with Jesus. He, he did some amazing miracles. Feeding thousands and, and healing everybody. And that was the works. There was an opportunity. Every time there's a work of God, there's an opportunity for it to be much more than just a demonstration of his power that you get to glory over and be, be helped by. There's an opportunity for there to be a softening of the heart. Every time there's a work, there's an exposure of who he is. And, and you know, there's a wonderful song <laughs> that we sing about this, that all I want is him. I don't need anything else. And it's wonderful to have that attitude. But the thing is, everything about him is a bunch of stuff. He's blessing. That's who he is. If you get God, you're going to get everything else. And so we can't say, God, I like you, but I don't like everything you want to do for me. <laughs> no, it comes with the package. Amen? So we can, we can not let those things get before him. But boy, when we start seeing his works, what needs to happen is a softening of our heart to the one who does the works. Amen? Because there's some ways we're going to need to comply with <laughs> that might cause need some burning flesh that might need some refining that's going to need a heart that's been softened by works that are impressive. Can you see this? There's two sides of it. We have to, and this, so, and we're going to do this a little bit in, in a little bit. But when we go to worship God, we need to in, intentionally, we, we can go into the presence of God in worship and with the focus of what we need from him. And what that can be is actually a hardening of our heart against him because he's going to need us to do something. We might need to speak something. We might need to meditate on something. And if we're so focused on what we need, our hearts are actually being hardened against what we're going to need to do. And so what, God, what we need to do is, and this is, we, we have wonderful songs that help us in this, but we, we, you have to magnify the works of God. Especially if you're going through something, start magnifying the works of God in your own life. Go back in and find something that God has done. Begin to speak it. Begin to magnify the, the works of God because what it does is it, it's setting your heart to him. You don't say, yeah, I just already. No, you don't because your, your heart needs it right now. Your heart is needing to be softened to him. Amen? So, 
These things will fall away if, if we let them. You know, I, I got to, I got to uh, be instructed by some rabbis in college. And this is the thing. It's a tradition in, in, in Judaism. They tell stories. And one of their favorite stories is how God delivered them from Pharaoh, the horse and the rider, taken in the sea. And you know, they got to the other side. What did they do? They built a monument out of stones from the, from the sea, right? And, and they've done this with the Holocaust. They say, we're not going to forget. We're going to keep telling these stories. You have to keep telling these. When we're talking about God, it's not a, when we're praising him, it's not a small thing. We need to be aware of what needs to be happening in our heart. That our heart's getting softened. We're getting impressed with this God that's so amazing. Amen. Because just like Pharaoh, as soon as things settle down, you don't need God anymore. You can become unimpressed with the God of creation. And it's up to us. Our hearts will be hardened when we're, the more we're unimpressed by his greatness. We have to magnify that. Amen? All right. Psalm 78, 7. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Then they will not be like their ancestors, stubborn, rebellious, and unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. So they didn't do some other things but he didn't talk about the things that they didn't do. He talked about what they did with their heart. If we can take care of our heart, everything else will follow. Amen? Okay. So how do, how do we go from hard to soft? Uh, resistant quarreling to compliant and agreeing. How do we do that? And so I just want to look at a few things quickly. <clears throat> reiterate some things quickly to go from hard to soft there needs to be some stories you know we did this all the time when i was growing up we need to do it more so now we had testimony service now you know sister so-and-so would always tell the same story but you know that's okay god did something it's good to tell the story again Tell me the story of Jesus. That's a wonderful old hymn. But what are we doing? When we're telling stories, you know, it's, it's our testimony. And you could tell somebody else's story, and it can be your testimony too, because you're talking about your God. Amen? And what's, so, so there's a scripture that says, and they overcame how? By the blood of the lamb, that's what's been done. To, legally, you have the right to do this. Now you have the power over it, right? But it wasn't just what Jesus did. Otherwise, the whole world would be saved without nothing at all. No, there has to be an encounter with him that becomes not just something that you observed. It's what you talk about. Is there anything big that's happened in your life that you've never told anybody about? You tell, don't you? My, my parents came out. We were living in California, just, just outside of Hidden Valley. 
and I'd worked with some contractors, and so I, I knew where some of these famous people lived. And Tom Sillick lived down this, down this little lane. I mean, it's a, it a dirt lane that went down off, off of this road. There was, there was horse ranches and stuff in this area. And uh, so we had this conversion van. My, my parents came into town, and I and, uh, had my dad in the passenger seat. And I'm taking him through Hidden Valley there. They had a road that goes through there. It's really pretty. And, uh, man, I looked in my rearview mirror. Wow. Somebody in a pickup pulled out of Tom Selleck's lane and started following us. Well, I'm poking along because I'm, you know, we're showing. Well, this pickup passes me. Hot dog. It's Tom Selleck. It's, it's Tom Selleck. So immediately, of course, I don't let him get too far ahead. I accelerate <laughs> in a conversion van. <laughs> and we follow him all the way out to the freeway. And we pull up next to him. And my dad looks over. <laughs> we saw Tom Selleck. And I remember going and getting gas. And I'm thinking, I got to tell somebody. I just saw Tom is that stupid or what? I mean, I just, now y'all don't have any respect. You want to hear another word I have to say. <laughs> but have you ever had that kind of a thing? You know, it's like, uh, you just feel like you've had an experience that you have to tell somebody about. God is way huger and cooler and everything else than Tom Selleck. In fact, I, I don't know if I'd tell anybody about Tom Selleck anymore. I was impressed back then, but, but <laughs> that's back. What, what was it? Uh, Hawaii, uh, what was it? Oh, Magnum PI, there we go. Not Hawaii 5 okay. Um, but if, you're, if, if you are living what we claim we live, where, where the Holy Spirit is in us and moves in us and guides us into truth and the creator of the universe is our constant companion, yes. Yes. he does stuff, yes. Yes. right? And if we're really impressed, like I said, I don't care as much about Tom Selleck anymore, that can happen with God for us. What's he done lately, Right? So there needs to be some stories because that's when the heart is expressing what means something to it and it is actually setting the, the softness of the heart. Every time you declare what God's done, you're doing something to your heart. Okay. And then you have, what will happen when you start being impressed with who God is, then what he says begins to mean more to you. Amen? Sometimes we want to just get, we just want to get all the scriptures about what God's will is and we're really not impressed with him yet. We're thinking, well, as soon as he does this, then I'll be impressed. <laughs> the stories need to come first. And then the heart gets prepared and then whatever he says, you're like that centurion. He didn't even know much about Jesus. All he said, all he knew is, he says, my servant's healed, he's healed. He didn't need anything else. He was impressed with Jesus. He knew what authority was. Amen? So I just look at two little things here. All we need are some stories. 
and then to find out what he likes. And what happens? Because you cannot have a soft heart towards somebody that you don't care what they like and that you don't do anything about it once you find out. Right? Because there's a lot in his word. The reason for his word is to express his will. But his will does, has no effect until there's a heart that's ready to respond to it. Amen? Okay. Uh, so we do this by considering his works and his ways. So that's, um, that's the stories and his will. Two different words for this. Works and his ways. What's God's ways? That's his will. Amen? And either our heart is soft and compliant with that, or it's, it's rebellious. We might get into heaven, but, you know, <laughs> we might break some windows on the way in because we're so hard. Okay. Um, let's go to First Chronicles 22. With God's provision of triumph, protection, and provision is an opportunity for submission to his will and building for his purpose. So God wants to build some. He wants to move. He wants to do things in, in Liberty Hill. He cares. He cares about everybody inside these, these church buildings, but he is passionate about everybody that's never stepped in a church. That needs to know. And he needs soft hearts. So we'll go when he says go. We won't be so self-consumed with what we don't have yet ourselves that we miss out on what somebody needs through us. Amen? Okay. Is not the Lord your God with you? And has he not given you rest on every side? For he has given the inhabitants of the land into my hand, and the land is subdued before the Lord and before his people. Who's talking? This is David, right? And David is, is getting to the end of his life. What has David proven? He's proven this very thing, hasn't he? <laughs> he said, when my enemies are coming up against me, one thing I want to do, start talking about how great my God is. Why? Because he needs to believe in his God. When the enemy's coming, we need to believe in our God. How are we going to believe in him? We better start proclaiming what he's done. Amen? This is how we're made. We're not impressed by people that don't do anything. There's a lot of people that, that have a hard time believing in God because he's never done anything that they recognize. Crack open the word and start seeing what he's done. Just proclaim what he's done a long time ago. He's the same God right now. The same spirit of faith that raised Christ from the grave. He, wrote, he, he raised Christ from the grave for us. Man, we can start running around about that. Amen? And the word becomes real. So... Pastor Kim sent me a, I think it was you, <laughs> a video. Uh, uh, there's a lot of things going on in, in, this, in this revival that's taking place. And, and there was this one clip that I watched, um, and it was a little boy, and this, this older lady was having him read from the Word. That was Karen Wheaton? Oh, okay. I didn't know who it was, but um, little boy reading from the Word. And he read through the word. I, I didn't keep watching too much more. Somebody might, has anybody seen this? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so he's reading a, a passage from the word. And I, I, I forget what it was. It was talking about God's greatness and what he's done. And, and, and this little boy's reading it. And the first time he reads it through, you know, he's just trying to read it. And she says, read it again. 
He starts reading it again. And I, I don't know if you've experienced this, but man, the anointing will come over you. When it's not just, you're not just trying to read it, but you, you're, it, the greatness of God starts getting magnified when you begin to declare it over and over. You know, and we encounter the, the, the presence of God that's already here when we start declaring who he is. You know, if we never knew who, uh, I don't know. If you didn't know who Elon Musk was, he could be sitting right here in the, and, and you wouldn't think anything about him at all. I mean, he's, he's kind of unassuming anyway. You know, he's kind of, he, he doesn't demand a lot. He doesn't, he's not like Trump, you know. I'm here. Y'all are glad I'm here. <laughs> he's kind of the opposite. Oh, there, you know, you've heard this. You, there's two ways to enter a room. Here I am and oh, there you are, you know. And I get the impression that that's the way uh, that Musk is, is it's, it's more oh, there you are because he's always trying to build somebody up. But, you know, he, he could sit there and until you, if you knew nothing about him, you wouldn't be impressed at all. You, you might not even remember that he was there. But boy, you start finding out what he's done. You start kind of backing off a little bit even, you know. It's like, uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe you would do the opposite. I don't know. But, but you know what I'm saying. Now you become impressed. God is here right now. <laughs> he's musk on major steroids. <laughs> Amen? And all you have to do is start peeling back who he is. And you become changed by what you behold. Amen? Okay. So David's talking about that. He said, hasn't God already done all these things for you? Hasn't he already blessed you? Acknowledge it. Now, set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. So sometimes I thought, seek. How, what do you, how do you seek? I mean, he's already there. You don't have to look for him. He's you know, it's right there. What are you doing? You're, you're, you're discovering more about him. You're saying, I'm not, just, I'm not just using hymnal page number 335. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start declaring from him my life who he is, what he's done for me. Amen. And be impressed with it. Therefore, arise and build the sanctuary of the Lord God to bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and the holy articles of God into the house that is to be built for the name of the Lord. So look what happened here. We've been talking about this some this year already. Talking about what God's wanting to build, right? God, God will never just uh, soften a heart so that it can be a heart that softens somewhere. He wants it to be a part of what he's going to build. He's wanting to have a purpose through us. He's wanting to accomplish something through us. And you see the, the, the direct correlation here. Now, when you set your heart and your soul, now you become a part of what God's going to build. Yeah. Amen? Right. And it's going to be so much bigger. You get to the end of your life, the part that you, that God did with you is going to be eternal. The part you decided to do on your own in rebellion against him is, is going to be extinguished. 
Nothing, right? Okay, I've got one more here, and I just want to encourage us in this. And I, I want to take just a few minutes, if we can, and, and, and uh, God is here. I want to practice this. I want to, um, I, I want to sing some songs, but let's don't let, let it be about the songs. Let's, let's really, can we do this together? Can we practice his presence here? And just, man, I, I'm starting to, <laughs> I'm starting to really sense his presence. I, I don't know. Can, can we go here together? Amen. Uh, our set and humbled heart makes way for effect, uh, effective prayer and demonstrated power. Daniel 10, 12. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to uh, humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. It wasn't just his words. It was the setting of his heart. He was continually honoring the greatness of his God. This is somebody that had been extracted from his home country. He was living in bondage, being made to serve. And yet he, didn't, he wasn't discouraged with his God. He magnified his God. He said, from the moment you set your heart, every time we determine to set our heart, it's a moment that God sees. And it's a moment that does something to the words that will come out of us. God wants to have rise and be healed coming out of us. He wants to, he wants to be glorified in his works by what's coming through us. But you see the necessity of the setting of the heart before any of that can happen. It's not just something that God does sovereignly. He does according to us. We participate in this. Amen? So I'd like to sing a little bit. I, it, um, I've got this song. I'm, I'm going to share it. Um, I believe it's anointed. Um, but I, I did write it at thir- 3 o'clock this morning. So if I don't, if it doesn't, no, it's going to be really wonderful. All right. But I'd like to, I'd like to, um, I'd like to read the words though, and they'll be up on the screen. So if, if you can, I always, I always imagine everybody singing stuff together. And sometimes the way I write stuff is a little too hard for that. But if you can jump, jump in and watermelon a little bit or just kind of warble or whatever, um, there's a real purpose in this. And I, I'm going to le- read the lyrics first so that, that you can see how this was coming from what God is, is speaking to us uh, this morning. It says, to the one who's never known a problem he can't solve. Over every enemy he's overcome. Before your throne we come to worship, to bow down. And at your feet cast down all our crowns. To set our hearts to worship, to set our hearts to honor. Set our hearts to do the will of our master, savior, Jesus Christ. Then our hearts can be the ones that are softened by your fame to become proclaimers of your will 
of your ways. So the goodness that you are will be a massive draw to the hope that's found only in your name. To the only one, to the one who's never known a problem he can't solve over every enemy he's overcome before your throne we come to worship to bow down and and at your feet cast down all our crowns to set our hearts to worship set our hearts to honor set our hearts to do the will of our master savior jesus christ jesus christ to the one who's never known a problem he can't solve over every enemy he's overcome
set our hearts to worship. Set our hearts to honor. Set our hearts to do the will of our Master, Savior Jesus Christ.
Jesus.